Hello, my friends. Welcome. My name is Joe. This is The Joe Martino Show. And today, we're going to talk about... Well, let's be honest. We're going to talk about a lot of things today. Buckle up. We're going to do it quick and fast so that you can get back to your family. Let's kick it off. This is The Joe Martino Show. You're listening to The Joe Martino Show, a podcast dealing with all things emotional, relational, and human nature. Joe is a licensed counselor in the state of Michigan, specializing in relationship therapy. He is also the author of the book, The Emotionally Secure Couple. All advice offered in this episode is offered for entertainment and educational purposes only. Enjoy the show. All right, welcome back. Uh, Welcome to the Thanksgiving 2022 edition. Uh, this is always an interesting time of year for me. First of all, I want you to know that this is going to be unedited. I normally would record this and send this to an editor and she would take out all of my uhs and ahs, my deep breaths, etc. And unfortunately, we're not going to be able to do that with this episode. And it does create kind of a question like, okay, so what are we going to talk about? Uh, a lot of you have written in that you're enjoying Erica dropping by and, and we're going to continue to do that. We're working on what I think will end up being a three-part series on sex and and how that works in a relationship and just common uh, questions that we see that we think people need to address and just things that guys tend to do um, that don't help or even women. And we're going to talk about that. For instance, I actually got an email, uh, I don't know, probably two or three weeks ago now uh, about sex. And the wife wrote in and said, hey, my husband read this book where, you know, in order to build up uh, stamina, um, we, we should stop, you know, when we're not quite to completion. And, and I really don't enjoy that. And so there and, and here's the thing through a series of emails with this person. What the husband read is accurate. That is one of the ways that they treat uh, premature premature finishing. And at the same time, once that's not an issue, uh, yeah, I would imagine that enjoyment would greatly decrease from that. And and so we're working on that. We're working on a, on a bunch of things. I almost did one that had nothing to do with the holidays or Thanksgiving. I got a bunch of emails about like, hey, I'm, I'm going to go hang out with my family and I don't really like them. What do I do? That is far and away the most common email that I get this time of year. Hey, what do I do? I don't like my husband's family. Or I do like my husband's family, but I don't want to spend Christmas with them. I don't want to spend Thanksgiving with them. I don't like my wife's family. Or I do like my wife's family, but I don't really want to see them over the holidays. What do we do? And that's that's the most common uh, communication that I get over over Thanksgiving, around the holidays, and... You know, I've answered that in the past. I'm a big fan of families creating their own traditions, doing their own things. Um, certainly, you you only have grandparents and aunts and uncles for you know for a limited number of years, and so incorporating them, I, I can understand. Uh, and everybody has to kind of find what works best for them. I think the concern that I have is often in family situations, what's best for one spouse isn't actually best. For both spouses or the family, and and there's not a lot of emotionally checking in. There's not a lot of like, hey, I know that this is you know a, a yearly tradition for my family. We all get together, my mom and dad's, my brothers, my sisters, my aunts, my uncles, whatever, and and I love it. But I've never really checked with you about how you feel about it and what do you think about it and what do you want to do. 
and and sometimes that goes the other way too. Like, oh my gosh, I hate this, and I, but I know my spouse loves it. In fact, just this year, in this calendar year, I was talking to a couple about a similar situation, and the wife was was just there's something that they do uh, every other you know holiday at each other's family. So this year. I don't know, wherever they're going, his family does this one tradition whenever they have it at their house. And she hated it. She hates it. It's not a past tense. It's a present tense. She hates it. And and I was like, well, tell your husband. Oh, no, he loves it. Well, ask him and find out. It turns out that he hates it every much, every bit as much as she hates it. In fact, once she brought it up to him and he was like, well, actually, I hate that too. It was like a three-minute conversation for them to find something that they could both agree on that they thought was a good way to go in a direction that they both agreed on. And, and so it was a short conversation. And I think part of the problem around the holidays is that we don't talk about what we want. We give in or we agree, yep, I'll go do that, but then we kind of resent it. And that's rarely, in fact, it never leads to health. I was going to say that rarely leads to health, but it never leads to health when we're actively resenting something that we willingly engaged in and, and somehow turning around and blaming our spouse, our partner for, for what we agreed to do, that's a problem. So what does all that have to do? I mean, there's a lot of different emails we have. I had one email uh, about churches and how, why do churches uh, schedule so many things when, when there could be family time? And that is a pet peeve of mine. That is something that is like uh, uh, just putting thumbtacks inside my socks and having to walk around on them. It just infuriates me how little regard so many churches have for family time. And their argument is, well, there's, there's not that many families that have family time. Right, so we're going to make it harder for those families that want to have family time to have family time? Because we've got God on our side, right? The church, when, when they're scheduling things, people aren't always afraid of, of disappointing the student ministry pastor, but they might be afraid of disappointing God, or the kids might, or they just want to see their friends, and here's a roadblock to that. Uh, somebody wrote an email about that, and, and that would be a fascinating podcast episode to do. What we're going to talk about instead is you and your holidays and your traditions. What are your traditions? What do you do to help you? Do you know that there are benefits to creating uh, intentional time to be thankful? And, you know, I, I thought about doing an episode. I don't understand people who want to control other people, right? The whole like, oh my word, can you believe Mary decorated for Christmas already? You know what they say? The reason it snows in December is because people just skip over Thanksgiving. And then on the other side, there's Frank, and he's like, I just don't understand why we just skip over Thanksgiving. That just shows the degradation of our society. I don't understand that. Why do we care if, whatever her name was, decorates her Christmas or listens to Christmas music? Like, like why? And here's the thing, Mr. Frank. Apologies to all my friends named Frank. You could actually be excited for Christmas and still be thankful for Thanksgiving. And and that's what I want to talk about today. Like, you know, my family, we're going to stay home. Last year we did travel for Thanksgiving. This year we're going to stay home. Uh, we have a pretty strict rule. You're not allowed to go do things Wednesday night into Thursday. 
uh, with your friends. You need to be with us. You need to be with family. We're going to have family dinner, play some board games, talk about life, etc., etc. When I was a kid, one of the things that my family did is we would all make a list of things that we were thankful for. And that's something that I'll do. I still do. Every Thanksgiving, I make a list of things I'm thankful for. How my family does it now, my family, my wife and my children, is when we're eating, before we get up from the table, we go around the table and we talk about things that we're thankful for. And at our house, one of the big principles that we live by is that we don't control what other people do, but we control how we respond to it. So we start talking about thankfulness. We start, start talking about the things that we are grateful for. And one of the realities is that gratefulness, thankfulness is a choice. It is something that I can choose to do or I can choose not to do, and I'm free to do it either way, and you're free to do it either way. You don't have to be thankful. You can choose not to be thankful. That is your choice. That is your prerogative. The The challenge becomes, what do you lose out on when you're not thankful? And so, you know, there's a ton of articles out there, but gratitude helps us mentally. There are actually mental benefits to being grateful. It, it improves how we view the world around us. Every time they do the studies, and I've mentioned this many times between optimists and pessimists, the reality is the optimist doesn't have a life that's actually easier than the optimist, or, the, or the, excuse me, than the pessimist, nor does the pessimist have a life that is uh, more difficult than the optimist. They have the same life, typically. It's more in how they respond to it, and this is where thankfulness comes in. When you're thankful, you're making a, an active choice to find the good in what's going on in your life. Gratitude improves your physical health. Like we know this, there's numerous studies uh, that talk about it all the way back to 2012, which is about 10 years ago, there was a study. There was one in 2016. There was two right around 2020. It, it literally improves your, your physical health. In fact, there are some researchers that believe it has more positive benefits to your overall physical health than regular exercise. Gratitude enhances your ability to have empathy. When you are thankful, you are able to have empathy for other people. Why is that? Because one of the things that you realize when you're when you force yourself to be thankful, when you force yourself to regularly take time to express gratitude for what's going on in the world around you, what happens is you start to see the things that you're thankful for in light of the way things went wrong as well, or maybe even in light of the way you made mistakes. I'm always impressed with people who have never led any organization explaining how the leaders that are leading them aren't doing it very well. And, and they are 100% convinced that their way would work. Never mind that it's never actually been field tested. And, and when if they were to force themselves to learn to be grateful, they might be right. Their leadership might not be effective, but it will change how they express that. It will change how they view it. And it will move them to a healthier place mentally and emotionally, which allows them to have better empathy for other people. The last thing that I want you to consider, and then we're going to talk about ways to, some ways to cultivate thankfulness. Uh, it, it, to me, a surprising effect of regularly cultivating gratefulness is it improves sleep. According to a study, uh, I'm not sure I read it. I think it was in Applied Psychology. I'm not sure. There's two that I read. It might have been Psych Central. 
But according to a, to a, a study done, presented there, not done there, but presented there, the optimal key to good sleep is a mental state that is in a good place. And one of the biggest issues that stops that is people ruminating over things that they're mad about. When they're thankful, when they when they make a thankfulness list, what happens is chemicals in their body are actually released that help them sleep better. And I can tell you this from my own life. Uh, last year, two years ago, my wife and I were on a trip. We were coming back to just high stress and on a number of fronts and I didn't I didn't want to and so I got up I went downstairs from where we were staying got a cup of coffee I sat down on, a, on an outdoor couch and I just made a list of the things that I'm thankful for and by the time I was done my mood was completely different than when I sat down and so there's the first step in in cultivating a spirit of thankfulness, of gratitude in our lives, keep a gratitude journal. Keep a thankfulness journal. And you can do this two ways. You can do it, you know, like at special events, like I'm going to do for Thanksgiving. Tonight I'm going to make a list. I'm going to start making a list, and that'll run for a few days. And then by the time we get to Thanksgiving, uh, well, this will drop the day before Thanksgiving. So, But by the time this goes up, probably my list will be almost done. And then I'll have some things to talk about with my family over Thanksgiving dinner that Thursday. Another way to do it is every night, every day, every morning, write out one to three things that you're thankful for in the last 24 hours. Make it a habit. Make a habit of writing a thank you note. Maybe one once a month, two a month. Just, just send out thank you notes to people. And like handwritten thank you notes. And that's going to require a little bit of work on your part, right? You might have to find their work address, their home address. Or, you know, write it. I guess you could write it and keep it on your person. And if you run into them, you live in a small town like I do, maybe just give it to them. Uh, but but write thank you notes. See, there I did an ah that my editor would have gotten. Ah, uh, uh, I'm just kidding. But write a thank you note and make that a habit of your lifestyle. Donate either your time or your money or both to people less resourced than you. And I know there are people like, man, I'm so poor. There's no relationship. That's just never true. I suppose I should say that's rarely true, but it's rarely true. Go help other people. Go volunteer at a soup kitchen or at a place that does meals. Just go volunteer somewhere. If you don't have any money to donate, that's fine. If you do have money to donate, that's fine. But donate some of your time too. Learn to view the world through other people's lenses. Uh, to the people that write in, they're like, look, I'm going to go you know, with my husband, my wife, and I don't really like their family. Try to see the holiday through the lens of the family member that you don't like, the family member that annoys you. Try to understand their take on it through through their eyes. And that will help you cultivate a spirit of thankfulness. So there's some basic ideas, some ways that you can cultivate a spirit of thankfulness. Uh, I hope that if you're not doing any of these, that you are, that you maybe you'll start. If you are doing them, I hope that you continue being thankful is a game changer. All right. Thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, please share with a friend and Hey, give us that rating in your podcast store until next time change possible.